0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Included series. My name is Dana Wilson, and I'm the CEO and founder of CHIP, which stands for Changing How Individuals Prosper. CHIP is a digital platform connecting individuals like you to Black and Latinx financial professionals. This series was started to give people of color a chance to tell our own stories and thoughts around wealth. We hope to demystify stereotypes that still plague many of our communities, regardless of economic status. So sit back, relax, and let's talk money. All right, everybody, welcome back again to the Included Series. Always, always excited to have a good friend of mine, uh, Rashad Lambert here, CEO and founder of Forbes The Culture. Welcome, welcome, Rashad.
1: Why? Thank you. That was quite a nice intro. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I do what I can. I'm kind of, you know, practicing my joy read here. You know, she got her whole read. She, out you're,
1: really her. You are, you are, you're really good at this. You are. You are. You're really good at this. I feel like I'm more and more excited to be here every time I'm invited. So, I love it.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, you know, we have really great conversations. So it was like, how can I not- I feel kick off? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> how can I not kick off season two with you and, you know, just an update on, woof everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, so much. So much has happened since the last time we, uh, we did this.
0: I know, which um, is crazy. So crazy.
1: Yeah. I think the last time um, I was with you, we talked about the generation of sacrifice. Still preaching that. We talked about minority. Made some headway on that. Um, we didn't talk about uh, a bunch of uh, Trump supporters are running in the Capitol because who saw that coming? Like, yeah, you know, seriously. <laughs> I almost feel so like some we things, things have you to can though. predict. <laughs> <laughs> well this is actually funny i did another interview after yours and i did predict it i said i wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of coup or like insurrection be- being planned uh because this guy's a sore loser and mm-hmm. lo and behold i wish i was wrong but i wasn't <laughs> It's like little did
0: we know <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: right <laughs> that was that was going to happen Um, And that, you know what, just when you said that the thought or the picture that popped up into my head was the two black guys who were down there selling hoodies, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, we're all, (laughs) We're always talking. We, you know, yeah,
1: because we just—I mean, we just do. It's just what we do. Yeah, <laughs> it's we and it's do. and it's like, funny
0: too because my my brother in law had sent me that um text in our group chat, and I was like, you know what? They're literally just down there to sell hoodies and
2: like yeah. to they do don't whatever. Care about them, stop <laughs> the steal! Yeah, stop the
0: steal! Right. <laughs> it was like it's not about politics. It's it can, literally about dude yo we need to be down there selling hoodies let's go sell, yeah. let's let's go make some hoodies and that was yeah. little a little conversation and that was it
1: <laughs> it always uh it makes me think of um of uh the martin episode when uh he was selling um he went to uh the whitney houston concert he was selling a t-shirt that saying that uh, witty Hutton" because they spelled <laughs> it wrong Just <laughs> like we're gonna find a way even, right even if we don't have the proper product we're gonna <laughs> exactly trying to, try to
0: Right. It, it may not be the proper product or the proper, <laughs> or the proper placement of the product, but we're going to find a way to make a dollar, which always leads us into all of our conversations around money, generational wealth, which I'm hoping that's what they they did uh, with that money from those cities. Yes.
1: There. Yes. I hope that they made a lot of money because I hope that they were able to make some money that, that they wouldn't normally get. Those are customers that they probably wouldn't be, be able to reach in their normal business so right more power to them.
0: seriously more power to them um but yeah with that being said i mean let's just kick it off i mean where do you think we are with this state of black wealth with just there's just so many things going on and it's almost like repeatable things when i think about almost Well, yeah, not not almost, it is (laughs) literally repeatable things in just different ways. It's just, it's just crazy. It's like when we really sit here and think about the way history repeats itself, especially as it relates to Black culture, the Black dollars and Black wealth and how we just see it re-manifested in different ways, whether it's through technology and kind of barring us from there or just other, um, you know, places in different industries where it's just like we're we're catching up but then there's like a rule and then we're not there anymore
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's like we we're we are seemingly always thought of as like an aside or like we'll we'll get to them when we can and black wealth is not really any different um we are it's funny that you say it on the state of black wealth because uh we are speaking on the eve of the launch of the State of Black Entrepreneurship Project um, through Forbes The Culture, and um, with uh, through Forbes, of course. And the reason why this was on on uh, at the top of my priority list to uh, to execute in 2021 is because of just what we're describing now. It hasn't changed much, and we are. Uh, we always talk about these uh, uh, these are progressive moments, and you know different things that look like there's some change on the horizon. There's a new administration, and we have a uh, HBCU graduate, black female, first black female vice president, and yes. and there's a lot of like uh, ceremonious right. things, uh, symbolic even that we have them um, to celebrate and you gotta, one thing I wanna highlight is you have to count the small way, you gotta mm-hmm. celebrate along the way. Cause if not, you will lose your mind trying to, you know, stay focused and vigilant and, you know, um, Dr. Umarish and, I mean, shout out to him, it's, it's but easy. I don't know, I'm, just, I'm just saying it's you gotta. angry all the time. Yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta figure out a way to balance it out. Um, so with, with the state of black entrepreneurship, we are looking at, you know, literally where we are, uh, we're doing a couple of pulse checks know, throughout the year it is, I mean, I, I'll get more into the project later, but like we're doing a lot of digging deep into um, funding sources, mm-hmm. access to funding, not just are we receiving it, but do we have access to funding? Um, Jobs, business creation. Um, right now, there's one stat that I can throw at you, and it's only because I've been staring at it for the past year and a half. But um, it just changed recently because you know I'm the census is the census. Mm-hmm. But Black people allegedly make up you know 13.9 percent of of this country. But as far as business owners are concerned, we are at like nine percent or something like that, which is <laughs> That, that is very uh, disproportionate yeah. um, as it goes with with our uh, with percentage of the company and those are just the ones that you know are like reported as black owned businesses um, there may potentially be more but that number doesn't seem to be trending upward is in in some ways it seems to be trending downward which is not a good thing so we really want to be able to capture and paint a picture of what's actually happening uh, with like verified data and surveys and really like getting into the nitty gritty, so to speak, of the state of black entrepreneurship. Um, Are black entrepreneurs any better off now than they were 104 years ago when when uh, Forbes started. Um, And are we doing anything about it, or are we just talking about are we just um, collecting. Sound bites, or like, like what, what, what is actually happening? Um, so yeah, that's 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 kind of, uh, you know, I I don't really see much growth. I mean, I do see a lot of a window dressing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, see a lot of that every day, right? It's just, yeah,
1: I see I see a lot of window <laughs> dressing and like R.I.P. George Floyd, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor, and. Um, And I'm Ahmaud Arbery and the the countless others whose names didn't become a hashtag and didn't become a viral, you know, sensation last year. Um, But they were martyred,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, you know, essentially. And larger white corporations, as they did with Black History Month, they, uh, uh, they took it. They profited off of it as you said uh, you talked about it's funny that uh, we uh, we started this conversation talking about us selling hoodies in dc right. to people that have a warped sense of reality uh, but there were companies selling hoodies and t-shirts with george floyd and brianna taylor on it and they weren't even black owned
2: right they
1: were you know that's 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 a part of you know it's just uh uh, the continuation of the commodification um, of black pain and struggle by white corporations that don't, that those dollars never seem to trickle down into our community. Uh, we exactly. always get um, a portion of the proceeds.
2: Yeah, but-
0: <laughs> not even a, not even a portion. It's like the portion yeah. is, the, is what's coming out of our pockets. And it's like, we still deal with the pain and the struggle of even having to purchase uh, a sweater or a t-shirt with a hashtag or someone's picture and name on it that has been killed unjustified and still you know we deal with the reality that we're back you know still in 2021 and there has literally been little to no justice from a lot of those issues and yeah it's like the monetary payback is not going to at least as far as I know you know going to Breonna Taylor and in her family and someone correct me if I'm wrong and maybe there is um I'm sure there's not at all you know, charities and things are going on, but if we're talking about higher level companies that in some way made it a PR moment, or possibly were profiting off of that, you know, where was that fund to help her family, to help her her boyfriend or almost fiance? Really, I mean, watching mm-hmm. his interview was the har- it was just one of the hardest interviews I had ever had to watch, and I almost did and didn't make it through parts of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, it's just heart-wrenching, you know, just Extremely that.
1: Extremely like, heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when extreme. you look at, uh, when you look at who, who is actually helping, um, I saw that, um, I did, uh, I, I think it was Steven Jackson that created, you know, on um, the scholarship fund and Jay-Z. Yeah. And done some stuff uh, for George Floyd's kids. And I, like, uh, Kyrie Irving bought them a house. And yep, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like all of the all of the help and support is coming from us.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's
1: and coming the quiet, from quiet, And the not...
0: quiet help. And like someone had to tell that yeah. story about Kyrie. Like he wasn't, yeah. ever, you know, personifying it, making a PR moment, you know, putting on a t-shirt and like taking photos. It was just something that we do for our community to let you know that we see you. We got you, your family. Um,
1: Absolutely. Using and like, it just so room. happened to be, you know, George Floyd just so happened to be a friend of Stephen Jackson, who is a famous... A, you know, athlete. But what if he wasn't? What if he right. didn't look like him, and mm-hmm. and you couldn't look at Stephen and see George's face? Like how 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 would that, you know, have have turned out? Would we even know this story? Would this even have become, um, a, a, you know, a thing? Because again, we don't. We generally, um, those pure of heart do not publicize their charity or mm-hmm. uh, their or their philanthropy. Um, yeah. It just is something that you just do because it needs to be done, you know?
0: Yeah, and I feel um, like that's kind of how, you know, we've we've lived for the past, how, you know, ever since we've got to this country, it's like we always just did what needed to be done, whether it was for the greater good of our family or the greater good of our community. It was just that-
1: Absolutely. Of
0: support. And it's like interesting to look back in history to know that we were always entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. And how just, you know, with different moments in um, and, and, and different times in history where that was literally kind of burned to the ground, um, having to always constantly being, it's like we're always constantly rebuilding. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. we're never building upon; we're always yeah. rebuilding.
1: Yeah, and starting over. Yeah, starting mm-hmm.
0: over in, in, in so many different instances in moments where it's like just the minute where it just gets comfortable and good it just gets set on fire or something, you know, not, ne- not figuratively, but in
1: some way, shape or form. And it's
0: like, now we have to start over.
1: Yeah, uh, I think that, that, that actually, you know, it kind of reminds me of two things. And I don't want this to sound like a press run because I really didn't come here for this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but- Well, but all things fall into each other, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, because, because it's, and, and, and I mean, it's, this is one, it shows me how timely this project actually is and two, it showed that I have literally eaten, breathed, and slept this project for the past <laughs> few months. So it's all I can think about. This what we do, right? It's like Yeah, it's like all I can think about. So I was having a conversation with one of, uh, of uh, my friends last night and we were talking about, um, I, I, I can't even remember how how it came up, but somehow um, I had like an epiphany Moment, uh, those are uh, those like aha moments, and like mm-hmm. Oprah says. Um, and we were uh, talking about traveling, and I was talking about how I love road trips, and I've been on a lot of road trips, and I used to go on them even more frequently as a child. Um, and I would always go with my grandmother, and I was telling it as a funny story like, yo, know, my grandmother didn't like to stop, like, I was the one that always made the trip take longer because I either got to stop and go to the bathroom or like I want to stretch my legs or like I, or like I was just not the best to travel with, I guess I will say as a kid. And- Or <laughs> any of us. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, hey, I know that like, we're like, oh, we might be, you know, a little different in age, but did your grandmother, did your parents ever, you know, carry them like a jar or something in the car? There's uh, a guy. I was like, oh, for you to be able to, like, go to the bathroom. And they're like, no, that's, like, not, uh, not a thing for us, I guess. And in the middle of me telling the story, I started thinking about why she actually had that jar. Because mm-hmm. at times, when they were traveling, uh, my grandmother had a business, and um, and she worked as, like, a nurse, and she was in healthcare, But she grew up in a different time. So, that jar that she was carrying was to protect my grandfather
2: mm-hmm. because
1: while I was able in the 90s and in the late 80s to be able to stop and go to the bathroom they weren't able to do that right like they they uh, uh, they weren't able to leave philadelphia headed to the south and stop and use the restroom that was not a possibility not only was it white only but that was, that was something that could have been detrimental to his health. It could have been fatal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could have been his last trip to the bathroom. And it started making me think about, just like you were saying, or like we were discussing before, about Black wealth and why we are always starting over. And there were this is just a recent thing within our lifetime where we can publicly promote Black wealth and we can flaunt black wealth and we can encourage and speak about black wealth is not the first time that there that there was an existence of black wealth, right Because we've had empires of wealth. Mm-hmm. We've had you know, millionaires and billionaires before you and I in our generation, but we never knew about them because you couldn't do that. That was painting a target on yourself, not for haters as they talk about now. But for like murderers and and like domestic terrorists to come and burn crosses on your lawn or burn your house down or murder your family, like those are the sort of things that you had to deal with. That that was the risk of letting someone know that you that you as a black person had achieved success. Um, and I bring that up because a lot of those stories are what we're uh, are what I wanted to dig into in the state of black entrepreneurship. This idea came from maybe a year or two ago, I started thinking about uh, Forbes as like a publication and what what Forbes um, represents to people. People think about Forbes and they think wealth, they think the best of the best, they think the top, they think money most of all, but a lot of those Faces. even as I just said this, you might have got some images in your head, none of those oh, yeah, images none, none are Black good. people. <laughs> none, <laughs> none, of those, none of those images are Black people, not not one of them, not yeah. one. You see Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, you know, Steve, like, like all of these people, Steve Case, Steve Forbes, like all of the Steves. <laughs> but, but none of them are Black people. And the reason why is because there were, you know, uh, the Reginald Lewis's and even more recent and bringing it up to date is the Robert Smith's yep. of the time. People that had to build wealth, build wealth in secret because had they publicized it, they we uh, we wouldn't know their story. They would have been a hashtag.
2: Oh yeah, um, it's, yeah, the, it's like
1: that. Before paper. hashtag, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's crazy just to, to unpack all of that and like think of the trauma that that does where you have to build, In fear, build wealth in secret before finally getting to this place, I guess, in somewhat of the 20th century, quote unquote, where you can now be allowed to share it and it's okay and no one's going to really look at you um, and try to hurt you or think, oh, well, you think you're better than me and now I have to really go and destroy your family. Um, mm-hmm. in, in that way and have to be protective of it. And because of that, we did not know that that wealth existed in certain time periods because we weren't allowed to know. Similar to the fact that, you know, you know, deeper than that with reading, right? Like you couldn't <laughs> let anyone know. if you Yeah,
1: religion, absolutely. Uh, it's like you read, read what? That's, you know? that's how Forbes of Culture started. Uh, that was inspired by, you know, a Point of Pines. and Point mm-hmm. of Pines is one of the places on the plantation that they would have to go in secret to be be able to read, and until you said that, I like like it just gave me another aha moment. Mm-hmm. I was scared to start for the culture. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was, I was. Well, even this, even this
0: podcast yeah. isn't the most. Yes. You know when you yes, think about it. I should be it,
1: saying some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, n- neither of
0: us should, right? It's like the flaunting of who we are and the unapologeticness of it, and even for everyone that speaks out. And I, th- you know, and I want us to kind of go back to this, but I thought it was really crazy now that you mentioned it. I saw there was a post that someone, you know, obviously created in the interwebs of all the people, and it said something to the regard of its. It, it's like it's tough to to speak out. And it had a picture of like all the people who were very vocal at certain time periods who have unfortunately either passed away by circumstance or not by circumstance. And it's like, I looked at that list of faces um, and it was just like, wow, it's like, you never really got the chance to really tell your story. And when you did, it just, it turned into a chapter of your life that you did not want. And it's so crazy, the trauma that we still have of you know you and I grew up in the 90s right we're we're 80s babies and still into 2020 we still cycle through like it's still a thought yeah and
1: that's a a terrible terrible
0: thing
1: yeah like it's like in in 2017 I was thinking about the damage that it could do to my career if somebody found out that I was organizing a meeting with black people in it Like it kind of, it kind (laughs) of sounds, it sounds crazy now. Uh, This is only four years ago. This wasn't that long ago, but I was thinking, how can I do this? So nobody will figure it out because Mm -hmm. I had to worry about my survival. I got kids, I got family, I got like things that are like relying on me being able to make money. (laughs) So I couldn't put myself in a position where I was like boxed in and couldn't make any money. It just, it just always was, uh, in the back of my mind but but that is something that was i guess subconsciously passed down to me because in my lifetime i haven't had a lot of those of those experiences to the extreme of the story that i shared like earlier about not being able to go to the bathroom but i've go- but uh, but i've driven into virginia and looked at that confederate flag and felt intimidated slightly and sat up straight and- Let me tell the you about the level of, of
0: my blood pressure you know? <laughs> <laughs> when I drive, it's it's so, and it's like, it's crazy just when you think about it. Cause I've spent many a times driving through with family without family, like up and down yeah. um, 85 and 95 by myself. And it's like the minute yeah. you set foot into those states I just like, I, I tense up and I'm like, I just, I want to just get through this and get out of here and not get pulled over for any reason to, exactly. to whatever it is. <laughs> and it's just, it's so nerve wracking. Um, The trauma that still lives within us, even in this time period.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think even more so as we started, I'm talking about the state of black entrepreneurship, but I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, state of black wealth, the state of black entrepreneurship, but I think the state of black people yeah. is different. I I probably, I haven't, I couldn't pinpoint a time in recent years that I've been more proud to be black, except that day that those people ran into the Capitol. I was like, great, this is, <laughs> this is grand." But that's a small win for me. It was like, that wasn't us. It wasn't right. us. But, yeah. but, uh, but it was then like, also, like, there's that, there's that one gleaming moment of like, pride. And then it flips to my memory of last June and like, hmm, this is interesting. And of course, everybody said, you know, um, the obvious thing, which is if they were black, they would be dead. Well, duh, but, but. Yeah, we we knew that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 it's like, duh. But also it's really interesting to see um, how, people that are not used to this, like, and I'm talking about the section of people that just discovered racism last year.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or and last week. They,
2: yeah.
1: yeah, and that this is still new to them. Like, they're they're just now starting to connect the dots. I saw more white people vocal about how outraged they were at the treatment of those people versus the way we were treated last year, Mm -hmm. even more than Black people. Mm -hmm. We kind of like, it kind of was like a foregone conclusion for for us. And we just started making jokes because that's what we do. It's how we cope. So we just started making jokes and we kind of moved on from it, but they were in such shock. Like, oh my God, I can't believe that these people are not being beaten and tased and wholesome. Like yeah, because this is what we've been saying all along. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like the state of black people at this point is exhaustion. Like we are tired of saying the same thing it over is. It's and it's like how over many times
0: can, can you say your life matters, your money yeah. matters, we are important. We just want it, we just want you to wave at us and smile and not point yeah. to other things. Yeah. It's it is ex- exhaustion, and especially when you have like you know people calling you and asking you what you think and how do you yeah, like, feel, and do? it's just like, how
2: can I help? It's
1: like, how can you help? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I don't, I like, don't it's, even it's, know, it's almost like a laughable question <laughs> like, what do you, I don't, where, where do you want me to start? Like, what are you, how can you
0: right? I don't, I don't oh. know, and there's not enough books in the world to 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 oh, tell you where white to White fragility,
1: go. start there, read that. I don't yeah, I don't like know. Like, so, I look, at so this much. point, yeah, it's like I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. I, remember, I remember the weekend that George Floyd was murdered and I got so many texts and so many phone calls from all my white friends. Like, are you okay? How are you feeling? Is there anything I could do? And it just was like, at that point, I was still angry. So I really wasn't trying to hear that. And <laughs> then over time, it just was like, this is annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not even helpful at this point, because now I'm trying to focus on other things, and you're making me think about this because you just discovered this when this is something that I've been dealing with my whole life. It's kind of why going going back, uh, not to keep bringing up the uh, Stop the Steal people, but as that day was happening and we reverted into jokes, and then people were like, How could you make jokes at a time like this? And it's like, man, we are over this. Like, this is right. Oh, and, and like we said, have been we were- here. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. been here. And we were saying, like, oh, that's not our business. <laughs> and they're like, How is that not your business? And this is our country. And it's like, man, listen, this is this is yeah, this is our country, kind of sort of too. But at the same time, like, this is like we can't do this. Like, uh, we're not gonna get outraged at this like this is the least of our worries at this point we have much bigger fish Mm -hmm. to fry like we have businesses that are closed people that don't know where their next meal is coming from like i'm not where like y'all can like y'all as in them they can figure that out and we'll still be here trying to put ourselves back together I, I exactly. like you did before. So it's like we have
0: businesses that were literally, yeah. like I, I think about, you know, where we were um, probably the summer before COVID and how it was like, you know, 2020 just felt, at least the, the beginning part of it, just felt like something different, right? There was just yes, this really boom, growth. That, yeah, that really, that growth, that boom of just all of these Black entrepreneurs and not just seeing them, but they were doing really well. And and starting to, to get things and we were starting to really see them and know who they were and see their faces yeah. and hear their stories. And yeah. then, you know, we roll into COVID and it's like, we know who gets hit um, the hardest. I mean, we didn't know all the things about COVID but we knew how this was going to affect the wealth that we were just getting to um, feel, like, feel like was at our reach. It's not necessarily that all of us had it, understood it. Uh, we were still pining for it and and figuring it out, but we could see it. It was like almost getting to that top of the mountain where you can just start seeing things. And now you're playing less with monopoly money and now it's reality and you can actually move from it. And then to watch a lot of these businesses, some close, some be able to pivot some, not some really struggling, which that turns into family struggling. And then we go, down into this cycle where now you've got kids out of school and you've got kids who don't have internet at home. And I remember there was a news, um, I forgot what news outlet it was on, but it was definitely up here in in the city area where there was a a woman who had to get up early and drive her kids to a parking lot so that they can access Wi-Fi. Yes. They were in
1: the car. I I remember that. Yeah, they were in Um, the car. uh, That was happening in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was. And it was all over the place. And they were telling people, oh, uh, we'll open the parking lot at like 6 a.m. or something like that so you can get in. Huh? That's not, oh, okay. Thank you, I think. Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> what? Like, what are you? Yeah, and
2: now here's a mom this?
0: who's, I mean, I'm assuming that she's not, like, I don't know what the work situation was, but you can't, God, for God's graces, hopefully she was doing something that she could also work from the car. But it's like, how how long can you sustain that and what that does to every dynamic of every part of who you are physically, mentally, and then obviously financially.
2: Yeah. It's
1: yeah. Just... I I I mean, and then it's kind of like the whole two things can be true situation where I remember those, uh, you know, those students, my students who didn't have Wi-Fi and weren't able uh, uh to log in. And while I wasn't teaching because my class only works if I'm in the classroom, it doesn't work digitally, but my my nonprofit had to purchase 25 laptops and we were not prepared for that cuz we weren't receiving any new grant funding last year but two things can be true where whereas it was a terrible time and a good time at the same time <laughs> basically like yes in some, I had yeah, in one some of situations my, i had one of my best business years last year but one of my worst emotional years last year Mm-hmm. and worst, like personal years. So it's kind of like dealing with that. And then this is like one of those, um, if you remember, and I can't think of like one specific show, but uh, they always um, talk about how like when when uh, somebody Black uh, goes to college, they're like called names sometimes. Oh, you a nerd? Oh, you this? And then when somebody comes home from jail, it's like, oh, I'm a big celebration, right? And right. it's sort of like a similar Thing. that that I'm stereotype I, I'm not saying it's true but it is that same type of thing where it's like everybody is struggling so you can't talk about how well you're doing mm-hmm. and then for the other people that are not struggling you can't talk about how bad you're feeling
2: mm-hmm.
1: like like it's, it's one of those sort of things like like that that is the navigation of of like being black in America
0: yeah like it's, and it's, a, it's funny you say that because there was something recently with um Andrew yang where Um, I know they they were talking about him on The Breakfast Club.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think he got the donkey of the day because he had apparently posted something or said or made a comment about how frustrating it was for him and his wife, I think, to be in their, like, two-bedroom apartment somewhere in the city with their kids being home. And it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way for exactly that. In New York City? Well, I think he's in New York or wherever he is.
1: <laughs> a two-bedroom um, apartment in New was,
0: York. <laughs> I, yeah, so, and then so whatever this, is, yeah. And it was just like, um, you know, a lot a of people were anyway. upset about it because you obviously have families who it might be a one-room situation. It might be you know, a one, six
1: kids in one yeah. bedroom. Um,
0: and a lot of people were just really taken back from that. So it's like, to that point where there's just so much sensitivity going on to, to how you share and not that you shouldn't be, uh, excited about where you are from a wealth perspective in that regard. But I think, especially when you're in your, you're in that seat, you kind of have to do, you know, you have to be mindful of your surroundings.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, I, um, I remember, um, that reminds me of like. Before we moved, when I was a kid, it was uh, my mother, my sister and I, my brother, my aunt, uncle, and my cousins. And I feel like there was some other people there, but this was all in one house. like, And I can only imagine if I was still in that space and having to navigate a pandemic, and like, this is what our people are dealing with. So to say right. a two-bedroom in New York, like uh, for those that are listening, um, if you don't know New York City, that's fine. But let me put it like this. A two-bedroom in New York City is a luxury, especially in the places <laughs> that, like any any apartment in the city in New York is a luxury. A two-bedroom is like finding a needle in a haystack. Like, right. uh, oh, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: I was listening to the Breakfast Club and I was like, wow, I mean, I I get it. I mean, you have to be mindful of things that you're saying when you're in that when you're in that seat and you're vying for public yeah. and things like yeah. that. You have to be careful yeah. of of how you how you share and how you say when you're dealing with people in in your community who don't have that luxury where it's probably not that uncomfortable, or at least it didn't yeah.
1: seem the way you know it, it was explained. Or I mean, it may so, be uncomfortable yeah. compared to his oh, yeah. regular life, right? Guess,
0: compared to <laughs> regular life when you're in and out and you can kind of have your space and kids are away and but it's like for families and for it like for pull COVID out of it for a second, yeah. like that's life for a lot of people. COVID, no COVID, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it's like doing all of those kind of check-ins and realizing that this is a pain on top of a pain that people, that yeah. people are dealing with.
1: And I talked to some of my, uh, my clients that are uh, other like athletes and one of the things that we, uh, we always start out with is them um, telling me how many people that they have to support. Uh, we talk about finances and we start talking about you know, starting a nonprofit organization so that they can employ some of these people so they can leave a will instead of a bill, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the, the, uh, the first thing is, well, I got to take care of my mom, my brother, my sister, my grandma. Blah, blah, blah. And people don't really think about that, like, because that person is, is the cash cow of the family at that point. And mm-hmm. mainly the reason why they probably are pursuing this career is just to be able to take care of those people. Well, think about that. In a pandemic, like, if you have a job,
2: mm-hmm. then
1: you are, like, an NFL athlete to them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, 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 that's how it looks. If you have a job, if you have a source of income, anything that's better than the zero that people are, like, able to bring in outside of, uh, you know, um, of unemployment or whatever else is very limited. Now, you, you are supporting a family of 12 on you know, a minimum wage or yeah. on slightly above minimum wage. Even if it's not minimum wage, we know that like minimum wage is disrespectful. But a regular wage is minimum wage these days because of the cost of living mm-hmm. uh are continuing to increase. So even if you don't make the minimum wage, it still can feel like it, especially if you're supporting multiple people, not just your like immediate family. Um, but you you feel or oh, you feel like almost an obligation mm-hmm. to you know contribute in any way that you can, and we should. This is what we should all do. Is what we did before, and what we right. This is, we got, right. Like, this is how we got right. It's like this is far. how we got this far. But people don't really <laughs> right. under people don't really understand it, that. and that's why this was such a shock for some people who never had to do that. Mm-hmm. Like if you weren't raised that way, then yes, I can see why Andrew Yang would be upset of four people in two bedrooms, but I have had to sleep foot to head in a bed with other people before. <laughs> so that that doesn't, having a bedroom of my own was a luxury. Right. So that, yeah, that is that is an interesting thing. It just, I mean, it just kind of shows like, um, uh, some of it is like I'm cultural differences and sometimes it's just like tone deafness. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of a, not, um, not really yeah
0: kind of a combination yeah. um, there, <laughs> yeah. at least in that in- instance, it's just like not someone just tapping you and just saying, hey, you should maybe think about that. <laughs> let's let, let's yeah. talk about that before it's, it's right. said um, out loud. And right. it's just, yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just crazy. But
2: and I and that brings us to the,
0: that, la- that state of wealth. It's like all the things that you're talking about, which are ingrained in us, which become non-negotiables. And now mm-hmm. how you have the person who was in that wealth seat is to some degree hopefully not but but there might be a lot of them being drained and it's like when you have that wealth producer who is establishing that foundation and now that foundation is being drained and we look at where we might be in the next you know year three years five years um, and with that wealth curve is going to look like and how, because I don't think we're really, not that I don't think, I, I, we're not at all close to really seeing all of the effects of COVID, especially on the community as it relates to wealth and what's happening in our communities and how we're able to come out of this. And we already know yeah. that the, the wealth gap is, is where it is. And now when we look maybe some years back, it's like how that really impacted the things that we're supposed to get started. And it's like, by the grace of God, we are seeing, you know, money being pumped into some areas, not all of them, um, but us still kind of, you know, pushing through. It's like, no matter what goes on, it's like, we're still pushing through with our businesses and just
1: finding and making a way. Yeah. If, if, if any, you know, a uh, depression versus um appreciation model I've ever seen is correct we won't feel or see the full effects of COVID until 18 months after this is over. Yeah. Um, So that once it's finally over, whenever that's going to be the 18 months to follow is when we will actually see um, what is, what is really going on because that's when all of the supportive programs are going to end. That's when there won't be any more additional unemployment and there won't be any more stimulus and there won't be any more of this. It'll be, them saying, "Okay, things are back to normal now. Let's just yeah. go go ahead. And if things are not truly back to normal, which they won't be, spoiler alert." Um, no, yeah, see, no, it's not a spoiler. I think it's see, reality. Yeah, we 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 will see what is actually going to happen. Um, and I hope, and I'm saying hope as uh, my President Obama will say. Uh, that this current administration is prepared with some way to stimulate the economy outside of 600, 1400 or 2000 or whatever dollars.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cause, that,
1: Cause that's not gonna do it. We were, we're gonna need a lot more than that. And if you need some ideas, come on down. Yeah,
0: I, I feel like um, we have plenty. <laughs> we have plenty. I mean, and even yeah, just we can thinking it about, out.
1: Step <laughs> like, one, t-shirts and hoodies, let's sell. <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> it's like no matter what's going on, we will be down there in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so we
2: we it's got right in front we of got the Wyoming. bag. We,
0: seriously, baby. Baby. we know where the money resides. We, we got all this, <laughs> we got all of this now. <laughs>
1: oh, I love that. Guy,
0: um, yeah, and it's it, it's so much about where we are now um, with this new administration, and as excited and proud as we are, and like every time. I look at, like, there's a specific video I had posted on my Instagram page. I don't know who originally created it, but it's, but the backdrop is Kamala opening up the doors and Mary J. Blas' song is playing in the background. It's like, every time I look at that, I'm filled with so much pride and joy. And I almost want to cry. Like every, like that's the emotion I get every time I hear this song paired with watching the video, but it's also the sense of now we have to hold them to task, right? We're, we're excited, but we have to hold them accountable to all the things that they said they were going to do and, and had promised coming in and not losing sight of that because we do kind of fall into, you know, always being excited as we should be, right? We talk about those small wins, a victory of, of finally seeing a Black woman take her rightful place in the administration yeah. at that level and really hoping and praying that the next level for her or, Someone who looks like her is that presidency um, seat. But until that time, it is the accountability. And even as we were talking about before, I think about what's going to happen with the student loan um, repay back. Right. So now it's, yes. you know, you don't have to pay it back until October a loans. Yeah. Or what's going on with that. But it's like, how are we planning now to be prepared when that goes away? Because when it, when it's done, or I don't know if they're going to, um, make some changes to it and extend it, or maybe it will just go away completely. Like, <laughs> can we just throw that mm-hmm. into the universe? Like, let's just, I mean,
1: that, that <laughs> if we listen, I mean, we want to meme him, but if we would actually listen up to uncle Bernie, I mean, I think he, I think he had a good idea. <laughs> you know, know what, what we it.
0: need to do is we need to hop on selling those mittens. You know, forget hey, these hoodies. Listen, listen. Yeah, <laughs> we but need but listen, to make some he, Bernie Sanders
1: he mittens. He he is he is uh, you can tell that he spent a lot of time with us because he 100 percent jumped right on it and started to sell <laughs> he did. um and started to sell his uh his, his 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 uh meme as a t-shirt and hoodie and donated to charity. But I mean we 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 have to remember that and this is i don't want this to sound like pessimistic but i Mm -hmm. just want to be realistic we have to remember that the government has never really done anything for us um and by never really i mean never done anything (laughs) for us so we have to be realistic in our expectations Mm -hmm. of how much we think that they're going to be able to all of a sudden do and we can't forget like we can't enter this um, post-racial America, uh, colorblind capitalism, uh, you know, area. Mm-hmm. That is dangerous for, for, uh, for us. You know, at the end of every year, uh, right after Christmas starts Kwanzaa. And one yeah. of my favorite principles from Kwanzaa is the fourth one and it is Ujamaa. And it means cooperative economics for those that are that, uh, listening, if you're unfamiliar with the term, it means build your own businesses and control your own economics of your own community and share and all this work and wealth. Like that's what we're supposed to be doing. For those seven days, all these principles all make sense. But after that, it seems like we kind of leave uh, that behind. And there is a lack of like a... Uh, of of a community investment and, and and a lack of uh, like in, I'm intentionally building each other up. And I know I'm being unrealistic if I'm saying that everything in the world that you need, you could get from a black owned business. I don't think that's true. It might not be, I mean, it may be true. Uh, there, uh, there may be a way to do it, but I don't think it is. And I'm not saying that that is what you have to do unless you can find a way to do it and if you do please send it my way because i want to do it but <laughs> but but we should at least try mm-hmm. um i know that they floated around that statistic which we have debunked many times which is the black dollar circulates in our community for 15 minutes and in asian community it's a week and in the jewish community is two weeks and caucasian three weeks like, like it's not true <laughs> so we out like, there there's, there's no way to measure money flow to that, to that exact notion. But I get what they were trying to accomplish by doing that. Right. Because I know that the whole, there's the top three reasons of why everybody said they can't support a black business is because of proximity, all oh, the customer service, all oh, the fulfillment. Oh, mm-hmm. we can't find them. I had a bad experience. It takes too long, blah, blah, blah. But like this goes back to that whole generation of sacrifice thing we are all losing a lot every day every month all of this time i get all of that but that's the whole sacrificial piece of it like we have to do this extra work so that we can survive
2: mm-hmm. like
1: just that 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 one order you 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 don't have to and i'm thinking of something that that's that's simple you don't have to get your shea butter from target you can order it from that business online you and sure can
0: get it from butter skin.
1: See, <laughs> see, see there you go. I already and know and a plug and a don't plug don't for him because out. I
0: like his stuff. So uh-huh. I'm just, what's it called again? It's called Butter. So B U Butter skin
1: butter skin. B U T T A H. And I never met him, but shout out to Butterskin. I'ma order some yeah. I think it's, it's just
0: butter, but they have like butter. Okay. They have their whole skincare line, so there's the shout out, right?
1: (laughs) But you, but yeah, yeah, but you, but but you knowing that you're gonna order from Butter and you know that this probably is a person that's running this business. It may be one person, it could be two, three, whatever. You know, it's not the size of an Amazon. So Mm -hmm. if you need it, then you're gonna order it a week or two weeks before you need it. You're not gonna order it at the last minute because you know that these small businesses can't fulfill in that way. Not yet. They don't have the infrastructure built that way yet but how you get them to that level is you continue to support them and as they grow and build those orders start to come a whole lot faster there's a bunch of businesses uh, that i could name that i've seen go through through this process i remember when uh uh um uh, one of my homies uh, i won't say, say her real name but she had a business and i remember her putting her stuff in like uh in a um I would see her almost every week going to the post office with uh, her laundry, uh, the laundry mat cart full of packages, rolling it down there just to mail them off. And now she got a warehouse. Like mm-hmm. now she has, you know, multiple people doing this for her. Um, I saw this video as she posted the other day of like the mailman coming to pick up um her, her 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 um her orders. He had to call a second truck. Like that is what the support can do. But she would have never made it that way if people say, oh, well, it's black, so I don't think it's quality. Or, oh, I need it tomorrow. There's plenty of times you, You're you not going to stop ordering uh, from Amazon because they brought your order late.
0: Right, like, you're going to go right back in this, there and yeah, just yeah, yeah, not, go not right even complain like, oh. either, right? It's like we don't <laughs> exactly. even have the time to send them an email. But yet, if that happens <laughs> elsewhere, it's like we have a half an hour to spend to write that angry email and all of those things. So... I mean, yeah, and in some regards, it's kind of holding ourselves to task in how we treat each other within our culture and respect to our businesses and, you know, having a full transparent conversation about that. Like we're as a culture, we're not perfect Um, and we're still learning. I think we're still learning how to support each other and there's nothing wrong with that we just have to be intentional about understanding that and now doing better just as a unit and, and doing it right and i think we're we're starting to really get there out of all of the the past history out of all of the trauma out of all of frustration and the fact that we are tired and we're just like we, you know, whatever has latched on, we get it. And it's a necessity, right? It's like, it goes back to a necessity in those times where you had to band together to make sure things change. And if no one else was going to change it, then you come together as a family unit and you
1: do it, right? (laughs) It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And we uh, we can't, we don't have the luxury to, you know, say, oh, we'll wait until they get bigger to support. them. like, time is run out. Time is up. Like this is right. You like you not buying a pie time, from like
0: someone it. could be them not paying for something, right? I don't care if it's a mm-hmm. cell phone bill. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's that easy, um, and just being. Yeah,
1: Jeff Bezos is that. gonna be all right. He's good. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> he's good. Elon is fine. he's gonna go buy some more ideas. Listen, he's, uh, good. he's out here building spaceships that. Yeah, like where's our spaceship? We've been trying to Yeah, leave we can. <laughs> man, listen. Tell me about it. If they if they let us get one. Listen, we it's out.
0: Man, we out. I, we, I used it. it's so funny because that made me think of Soul Plane <laughs> and how I don't even want to Soul bring spaceship. up that. Oh my god, Can you imagine and and let's not put this into the interwebs because now I feel like someone it's a, it's the movie's yeah. going to come out.
1: I feel, I feel don't, like don't Twitter do that to gonna us. A uh, Twitter is going to get a hold of this and it's. Oh, be crazy. It's a rap. Soul, Soul spaceship. Like,
0: Soul oh, so plane to Mars. Like stop it.
1: Soul space. <laughs> that that uh, that reminds me of uh <laughs> uh of a Cedric the Entertainer oh. <laughs> I was talking about oh, when black people get spaceships? We're going to be driving them like Cadillacs. Exactly. And- <laughs> You're going to be like sleeping. And it's like, why is it so? No, it's going to be like, what is that b- bright light <laughs> out in the why- sky?
2: Yeah, yeah. Spinning, yeah. spinning. Why, why,
1: is, spinning, your, spinning, why right? is your seat so far back? Right. How can you see? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like, what? what is going on here? Oh, Too my funny. God. Too yeah. funny. Too funny. Too um. That's just what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I look at that and that and that kind of goes into into my next point, which is like we are, I mean, I think I started this way is we we are stuck, or not necessarily stuck, but we are in the mentality that we have to do things the way that everybody else does. And if we're going to achieve the results that we want. We can't do things that way, like we we, we have to do things intentionally focused on us for once. And I know that people, this makes people uncomfortable, especially Black people, uh, we get uncomfortable sometimes, and we, I'm not saying y'all, I'm saying all of us, mm-hmm. get uncomfortable sometimes when when things are just for Black people. Uh, okay. We feel like, because, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be more compassionate or what, but, we sometimes feel like we have to make it inclusive, mm-hmm. just because we know what it feels like to not be included, right? Yeah. And while and, that's well, a, and, and and while that, that's a great trait, but sometimes that and we it can't don't be want like to that, come so.
0: across in in a, in offend. And it's crazy to think yeah. that we think about those things to some degree, yeah. where yeah. we where we don't want to seem. Um, Oh, if we make this all about black and brown people, or, you know, if you go to a site and there's too many pictures of brown people, the look of it feels like it's only for black and brown people, which I always think is interesting because we're always in spaces where We go to movies where no one looks like us. We support and watch shows like we created it where no one looks like us. We're used to being in rooms <clears throat> and walking in like, you know, like this is just kind of what it is where there's no one there that looks like us. And we're always comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. And it just have gotten used to being uncomfortable. And then yeah. you flip that around and even when we're inviting people into that space, it's just that mm, I don't know if I can be here. And it's just like, why? We're we're always everywhere. <laughs>
1: like why yeah, can't Yeah, right. You? Right. Why can't you exactly be here? like why can't we?
0: Like you even- don't have to ask permission to come into the room, just come into the room. Like we've been saying yes. for years. Right.
1: <laughs> Join us, please. Like,
0: if you're cool. Come to the cookout. Like, what are you bring? Yeah. I mean, <laughs>
1: Just yeah, exactly. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. But that's important. That's important. That that part you hit. Uh, you hit a point right there. Like, yeah. what are you bringing? Like, we're not saying that you're not invited. <laughs> right. But what are you bringing? Exactly. Like, what do you contribute? Are you just coming to eat?
2: Mm-hmm. Or did
1: you at least? Can you at least bring some ice? Something like like can we can we can we can we get some cups? or right. Some plates? Anything? I'll not contribute just any something. Just but the good plates. Don't bring the yeah. Don't like, just don't just, come, don't just come don't just come to take. Right. That's, that's how a uh, part of this, you know, a part of this uh, of the State of Black Entrepreneurship Project is this campaign to move Black History Month from February to June. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the main reasons be, be behind it, or the main reason, is purely economic. It is all about the economics behind these companies that do not come to the cookout and contribute anything. They come and they take. All they wanna do is profit off of the commodification of black pain to struggle. Black businesses don't make any money off of Black History Month. Uh, think about the timeline, right? Christmas is in December. So the people spend all their money in December and then everybody is waiting on their tax return to come until, I don't know, around April-ish and nobody really has enough money to spend or like disposable income again until like June. But all of that time in between Black businesses are trying to compete with large corporations who decided that Black History Month is the time to have a sale. Which I don't know where where that came from. Um, oh, well, we we should be uh, we should be paying full price <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of, uh, they should be paying more. That should be mm-hmm. be. Uh, is that of going operations. back to the black the tax? <laughs> exactly. No, you got to pay more now, not less. So. So that's that's a part of it, and then think about black businesses. How do you make money? Is by ads? Uh, you gotta sell. I mean, uh, you want to um, you want to you know put out put out advertisements or get commercials. You can't compete in February. It's the Grammys. It's All Star Weekend. It's uh, uh, the Oscars. Like everything is in February. How are you supposed to get any airtime and you're competing against all of these major corporations that are only caring about Black people because we buy stuff? That's really it. Uh, that's the only reason that they care about Black History Month is because we spend money. If we weren't spending money, they would never try to you know, enter our cookout. Uh, they wouldn't even try to come at all. Uh, they wouldn't even come to Tate. They would pretend like it didn't even exist. Right. Um, and then the other thing is we have Juneteenth in June, we have black music month in June. We have school is usually out by, uh, by the middle of June or sometime, uh, time in between. So uh, we're not relying on just trying to cram a bunch of black information, uh, into 28 days. Now we, uh, we, uh, we can integrate it into American history the, 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 the um, uh, the title of the campaign is "Black is American History." Why is it that they teach about the Buffalo Soldiers and teach about the Civil War in two completely separate breaths, Listen. like like, oh, like, oh, <laughs> oh, like they didn't exist together? Like and then and then if we really want to get into it, uh, the Buffalo Soldiers are the heroes of the Civil War. They went in first, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so why so why are we not talking about them? when we talk about the civil war as if this is two separate histories yeah. so if that's so i feel like we have to take control of our history take take ownership of our history and this is one way that we can do it you know we uh, we can do it together most people don't even know that black history month is not even it, it's not a federal holiday it's called an observance it's um uh, it's an agreed upon um of its agreed upon observance every It's kind of like, nice, like a
0: nice to have, like this is a nice yeah, to have each Yeah,
1: <laughs> Yeah, with, with every, no, every February yeah, you know, the president at that time makes a proclamation that says, it's black history month again. And even though of all people, this is probably gonna blow some people's mind, of all people, Ronald Reagan is the one that signed it into law. Um, His Congress is who signed it into law back, back in the 80s. But I mean, back in, in the 70s, but, that was only because, again, they were trying to keep us happy because things were on fire. <laughs> once again, like every time something goes on fire, they're like, oh, What can we give them to shut them up? Right. Oh, what can we do? Uh, and it's distractions,
0: right? Like, okay, here's yeah. a couple of pieces of potato chips, and now you, you, you won't be <laughs> right. for at least the next 10 minutes.
1: Right? <laughs> right, All right, right so here's a bag. That's of how ruffles. we do the kids. <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. How we do the kids, right here?
1: How we do the kids? Here, go take like this children. to
0: so and so, even though so and so didn't even show up to the cooking today. So you just running around in circles
1: Ex- exactly. looking for you know Exa- Uncle
0: James who's still at home watching TV. <laughs> he took right, right, cooking, right,
1: right. It's,
0: it's literally so, right
1: no 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 no, no no, 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 no. That's real. So, so, yeah. so this. I mean, this campaign really has three main components: is to make, i uh, make a historical case to move Black History Month. Uh, and the observance of it uh, from February to June and make it official uh, to create the opportunity for Black-owned businesses uh, to participate in and profit from Black History Month and to integrate Black History Month, I mean, Black History into the full-scale history curriculum throughout the school year. No longer are we going to be talking about Martin Luther King, Ben Carson, Malcolm X, and Rosa Parks, and that's it, as if all we ever did is fight for civil rights. Like, we built businesses Mm -hmm. we are titans of industry we were yeah we were were, we were judges we
0: were teachers we were you know we were in positions of power and i think it's interesting when we talk about you know two americas we talk about two social justice systems it's like there's two of everything when mm-hmm. it revolves around us right the the weight the racial wealth yeah. gap two histories yeah two, histories. two, yeah, two <laughs> histories I mean I grew up in a very diverse town but I remember us that like that was always the focus it surrounded like four or five people which yeah was Rosa Parks Martin Luther King you know you talked maybe a smidget about Malcolm X because you didn't want to <laughs> dive too deep into that right no one was really comfortable you got Soljana Truth um, you know, Mayor McLeod Mac- Mac- uh, Bethune, you got a couple people mm-hmm. sprinkled in there that, that the, the name yeah. that everyone knows. But then when you talk about the fact that every time, you know, that time period was talked about, it's through pain, it's through torture, it's through death. Mm-hmm. And there was yep. never a celebration of life, of how we do exactly. things, right? There was never, it's like you never walked away from Black History Month as a kid with a different sense of pride outside of knowing that that pride came from struggle and Mm -hmm. there were a lot of places in history where there there wasn't always like there was always struggle but it wasn't always struggle like there were places where things were passed down where people were entrepreneurs where people were building wealth but those are the stories that we don't hear because we weren't the ones telling the stories
2: Mm -hmm. like to
0: your point of the two americas where i was literally at in eighth grade i remember we spent an entire semester Talking about, um, uh, and not not to downplay this at, at all for anyone who's listening, but we spent an entire semester on the Holocaust to the point where I re- I wanted to learn so much about yeah. that time period and Auschwitz in Germany and everything that happened there to these you know all of those horrific events, but I didn't feel that same way of wanting to go to Africa, right?
2: Yeah, like wanting exactly. to
0: learn about where all of these like Black people that look like me were, right? Until I got mm-hmm. much older. Where did this
1: come from? To
0: learn a little bit more, but it was like the time spent on us in, in, and on us in a particular way that's not necessarily always the most uplifting to like a kid, <laughs> right? Until really now mm-hmm. where you see these kids looking at the screen and now they're able to look at, you know, Kamala and and what that really means and why us as Black uh, men and women and especially parents cry looking at yeah. looking at Kamala because there's just so much behind those photos the child when Obama was a, was in office when he patted Obama's head like those little moments are just you know show you the the two sides of mm-hmm. American history
1: and yeah. why because it's like what we uh, we we took that as as extreme disrespect and everybody else was like what was wrong with that? It's like <laughs> y'all don't get it. Like y'all uh, y'all don't get it. Even going going back to the whole BHM thing is like it's not just about that. It's like we we've, we've always been given the the least and the worst and the leftovers. Like chitlins. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that's what I feel like this is another version of giving us chitlins. Like this is the leftover, whatever is left, take that. Like it's not like there's it's not created for us, is not created with us in mind,
2: mm-hmm. and there's
1: a lot of those remnants of those times that still live live today. You mentioned um uh, um the Holocaust. on um, the Holocaust ended in 1945. Uh, what uh, what happened up to Emmett Till happened in 1955. That was 10 years later,
2: mm-hmm. like
1: that. Uh, that was 10 years after this like horrific thing happened uh to uh, uh to um, the Jewish community in the black community here we still hadn't seen any progress like yeah. there are uh, there uh, uh, there still was no n- n- no no progress made we uh, we were still struggling and still being beaten and murdered and dragged to death and i mean you have seen the pictures it was horrible mm-hmm. like it's terrible yeah um, it's like that's the part just,
0: that we're taught right like where are the positive yeah.
1: stories yeah yeah where 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 are the you know um uh, we know um Bessie Coleman but uh, I mentioned um, uh, uh, I mentioned uh, Reginald Lewis uh, to somebody recently, and they had no idea who I was talking about. They didn't know they uh, they acted like I was speaking a foreign language. And I was like, <laughs> "Man, Reginald Lewis died in 1994. Like that uh, that wasn't even that long ago. Like this is not like we're we're adults, but these are the stories that never get told. Yeah. They're n- never shared, never told because all we know about." are the are the pain and struggle Mm -hmm. and strife and we don't um talk about you know these i'm not going to say happy stories because his is still not i mean his is still an example of not being able to really you you know share Mm -hmm. things you know what i mean yeah um it's just it's just like man it is just like uh, there's more
0: to our history than five or six people exactly exactly And i think it's interesting too i was watching the view this was probably maybe a couple maybe a month or two ago um uh like when a lot of things started happening and joy bayar was talking about um intolerance and how you know because outside of being a comedian she was a teacher before and she was saying how important it is and it was interesting to hear this from from her um how we really need to teach Black history and and Black history Mm -hmm. in the form of it being a part of American history, because that's why when we kind of go further down the line, when we're talking about entitlement and why people are so surprised, right, in all of these moments, (laughs) like this is just new. It's because they don't really know the history and the understanding and the trauma and the pain of why, you know, we are so tired, because it's not taught. And it's taught to us probably as Black children because we grow up in Black families where it's you know it's talked about and our parents want us to know more. Our parents want us to know that, um, you know, the you know even around the story around Santa, right? Like <laughs> there isn't this.
1: Oh God! Uh, and the fact that the, uh, the right. Person that they right. I, I mean, Santa I don't even Claus know if we have time to black. go
0: down that road. I mean, we might have <laughs> to save boy. that one for season three. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest out you know oh, what where did the
1: white man come from like I'm leave, I'm a, yeah i'm
0: gonna leave that alone let's <laughs> let's unpack that later because that that's that yes. a whole breakdown of a lot um, oh
1: man like we can't even get credit for, uh, oh, uh, like, for our philanthropy Jeez. listen
0: listen and it was funny because not funny but my mother was very adamant in me knowing that the gifts were coming from her like i you know oh, oh I, yes. I, she so let like, me my, believe my was too she you let me believe and let me be a kid? But then at, at a certain point, it was just like, I don't want you thinking in this way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we can, we can drill down on that later.
1: <laughs> definitely. But definitely. Yeah. We got that, uh, that to a certain point and my mind was world. like, all right, listen, it's me. Okay. It's me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the one that's working hard and doing overtime and working on Saturdays and Sundays for you to be able to get this stuff. It ain't not some, it's not some old bearded white man. So you give know. me my credit. <laughs> right,
0: right, and it's not even about just just the credit of the, the our parents. It's the credit of what how they wanted us to see ourselves and know that mm-hmm. that that we can do this right, and not necessarily depending on what we'll constantly see when we're in the face of of public and knowing what our wealth can be and look like. So, yeah, absolutely
1: mean,
0: going down into one America and in American history and bringing everything in it and making. That move to have our own space that we create—that's um, for us in that moment. in, in June, right? And I mean, I, I think what you all are doing at Forbes is, you know, a- amazing and, and needed in this space. And this is kind of why we're here to make sure people know what's going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to do my part. You know, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to do 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 what I can to you know. Push, push the culture forward and using my my platform as best i can um it's not easy but, but I mean whatever was you know what what
0: do we ever do that is easy
1: exactly <laughs> exactly um by the time uh this is released i'm not sure when you plan plan on putting it out but by the time this is out we will see how people feel about this so <laughs> we, you know we or we may have Listen, to do that. Because
0: it's always a conversation and a
1: debate. So it's yeah, like it that's matter. and that's the one thing that I want to say, just to put this on record, mm-hmm. if nothing else, right? Now and not the state of black entrepreneurship piece, because because that's going to be great. And I'll talk to you you about that um, um later. But if this 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 Black History Month campaign, if it does nothing else but spark a conversation about us controlling uh, 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 the narrative around our history, I count that as a success. Um, Black history is bigger than one month. It's Mm -hmm. not just about one month. It don't matter if it's 28, 29, 30, 31 days, it can't fit into one month. The main point here is to control the narrative around how our history is taught Mm -hmm. and what we know about ourselves um, and about our ancestors. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think that's important too, because for so long, it's like everyone has told our stories and that's a lot of reason, you know, why I started this podcast or this series was because we need to be telling our stories from our own points of view so that people can, you know, listen to places like this and start to understand and not always feel like, Hey, what, what's the deal with you? Why are you upset today? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like, why, why are y'all so angry? Well, yeah, if you must know.
0: if you must know listen to this episode because I don't have time today
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's the that's the main thing I do not have time to keep explaining what is up with with black people to white people like that's not that's not that's not okay and I hope that uh, I'm not trying to make this like I'm a PSA uh, for all black people but I mean I feel like I speak for some of us uh, when I say uh, we can't speak for all of us. So when mm-hmm. you're talking to one of us, you're talking to one of us.
2: Mm-hmm. Like
1: my, my what, what I need and how you can help me is gonna be different than how you can help somebody else. And if you feel like you don't know what to do, maybe you should just do some research. Like asking questions is great, but you're gonna to need to get some stuff that you can't get from us.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: There's a lot of context as to why this is annoying that you're going to need to get from somewhere other than from us. Um, and I mean, I'm doing what I can as it relates to like for the culture and those sort of things. But there are some things that like, I, I'm not going to be able to help them with. Like, that's not, you know, it's not my job to, um, to re-educate them on our history, four
0: to five hundred. Just like,
1: years. just like they, yeah, yeah, just like they know about the Holocaust and they know about the Civil War and they know about the Battle of Gettysburg and all of that. You need to learn about Juneteenth, mm-hmm. not just uh, you know, not just the Natoma Right, but you need to learn about uh the original Juneteenth and how there there was almost an a, a um, an insurrection or a second insurrection in Texas because of it and how Abraham Lincoln is not a friend of black people. Like these are the, 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 the these are the sort of things you're gonna to have to learn that on your own. Like I can't just like I like, like like I'm not gonna read the letter that he wrote about about slavery and how if he could not have ended it then he wouldn't have. I'm not gonna read that to you. You can read that on your own. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, right. these, are the, these if the are the world sort gave of things, us
0: nothing else, you know, God somehow had some someone create though. Google.
1: <laughs> thank you there. Al Gore thank you Al Gore uh, for the internet <laughs> right, <laughs> all like, this information plugged, is on Al Gore's internet it was plugged
0: into someone and it was created um man yeah I, I feel like every time we open up a season I just think this is how it's gonna work so we're gonna yeah. have to come back again um season three and just drop I'm some here new whenever you on need there me. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for dropping in Rashad. Always appreciate it. Always done, love our conversations. Um, so real, so authentic and so needed. Uh, so thanks again.
1: I, I wish that I could stay longer. <laughs> 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 I love these conversations. It's very rare, but I'm here. And again, you know, congratulations on, on season two and uh, yeah, it's going to be dope. Awesome. All right,
0: everyone, stay stay tuned to the next episode uh, and continue just to
2: you know plug away and, and stay stay green and, and stay safe.